Hello, anyone listening, and welcome to Connecting Vague Dots with me, Jay Pennells, and Seth Cox. And this week, Ooh. a special guest, Will Bourne. Hello. All right, thanks Go for coming on, Will. Should I, should I say what, what this is all about for those that don't know? Yeah. Yeah, you can Actually, try. No, first, first, let's do something, something for Will. Will, um, if you'd like to stand up and tell us um, something interesting about yourself, and something that you don't like. Uh, something. I we do this with all our guests. That's like being in a class and they go around the circle. Oh, let's say something about ourselves. That's the worst feeling in the world, Seth. You can't do that to me. Yeah, I know. That's why I did. I, I'll just go with something I don't like, which is Jay. Okay. Hey. We, we have a common interest there. That's nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, something interested about yourself, Will? You'll be you'll be waiting a while. Yeah, I'll come back. <laughs> We'll come back to that later. <laughs> All right. Well, um, for those that haven't heard the podcast before, me and Jay and our guest Will have all chosen three things, which are a book, a film, and an album, all chosen with an underlying link or theme in mind. And the other ones of us have to guess what that person's link is. There's also like a point system involved where you get like three points if you get it in the first um, selection, two points, and one point respectively. And me and Jay introduced a point system where if we revisited any of the suggestions from the previous week, we get a point. So, before we start, Jay, have you revisited any of my suggestions? Any of your suggestions? You said, let me just try and remember what, what it was you said. You went for Watership Down. Yeah. Uh, Led Zeppelin 1. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Before Trilogy. Hmm. No, I didn't revisit any of those. I did start listening. Uh, we had Tom Carey on last week as well. Mm. Um, and he talked about Donnie Darko, Nowhere by Ride. That's a good album, yeah. Yeah, and also Watership Down. I began listening to Nowhere. I think I got a couple of tracks in. Uh, did you like it? It's it's okay. I, I think I need to sit down and like listen to it properly. One of the things I did properly go away and listen to was Fontaine's DC. Mm. Do you like the new album? I did. I The Hero's Death is actually a very good album. Good. Well, you're not getting any points. Um, Do I not get any points for going and listening to Nowhere? All right, fine. But I I went away and listened to a bit of Auntie Donna, so I get a bit of a point as well. Yep. Okay. I was expecting Auntie Donna to be uh, a woman. No, it's yeah, yeah. It's three Australian blokes. I thought we were talking about three Australian women. We'll move on. We shall move on. What are we moving we'll, on to? I think I, th- I thought we'd move on to our guest. Not move on to our guest, but we'll move on the oh, conversation like... to our guest. Yes. Me. Indeed. Yeah. You will. Am I doing film first? Is that what it is? Yes, please. Will. Film first. Am I film? Is Bridge of Spies. Ooh, that's an interesting, an interesting choice. Yeah, it's a good film. Are you both familiar with what the film is? Yeah, I've seen it once. Do you want to explain it it for anyone who isn't? Sure thing. Uh, So it's set in the Cold War, and it's about a uh, exchange of agents between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, um, with 
uh, I've forgotten the Russian's name. His name is Abel, and he was a spy for the USSR. He was a German man, though, and they used that to make sure that it couldn't be linked back with him officially. And they exchanged him for uh, Francis Guy Powers, um, who was a two pilot. He was, a, was just a spy plane, and he crashed, and he's the only one to have done so. And they exchanged them to make sure that no secrets were leaked to either side. And it's about the story of the um, lawyer who negotiated the exchange. Very good. Sounds good. Who's the? I always forget the actor's name. Who, who's the actor who plays Mark the, Rylance? Mark Rylance. That's it. I always forget his name for some reason. I don't know yeah. why. I was getting mixed up with Kenneth Brang, Brang, Brangen, Branger. Branner. Kenneth yeah, Branger. I don't know why I get. I don't know why I get them mixed up. I think they're completely different. Them. Yeah, not I think they're similar. both in Dunkirk, and I, I got them mixed up in Dunkirk, so now now I forever get them mixed up. Hmm. Interesting. So do you like this film, Will? Yeah, I, I think it's quite good. It's, it's It quite highlights well the uh, the, re- the anti-communist rhetoric in the 50s of America, because mm. back then McCarthyism was still a thing, and if you were red, you were as good as dead. So, yeah. You're red, you're dead. Uh, that's a good Yeah. That's a good line. It doesn't really sort of talk much about anything other than the people in the film. It doesn't talk about the Cold War as like a as a um, engagement at all. It just sort of highlights the lives of people involved. Like um, I've forgotten the, <laughs> the main actor in it. I don't know why. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it's mainly about him, obviously, and it doesn't really stray from that to tell a narrative much. I don't want to give away too much about my thing there. Yeah. Mm, I don't. Yeah, do you want to guess first? I think I've got a bit of an inkling. Do you? But, but this is also like derived from what I know about Will as a person as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you go first. Because I don't want you nicking mine. Because we haven't built up that level of trust yet where I, where I believe you. <laughs> you, don't, you still don't trust me. No, after what thirteen episodes, I still, if if anything, I trust you less than I did at the start of the oh, first maybe. episode. I mean, that's that's probably reasonable. <laughs> oh, hmm. I not made it very obvious right now. Sorry, I've not made it very obvious with that kind of thing. So yeah, I no, I I don't I really don't think I could have a guess. I don't think that's enough to go on yet. Maybe, maybe it is, but I don't. I'm not sure. Seth. All right, well, from what I know about Will is that, um, for those of you who, well, I don't suppose many of you will know Will, but he is a, um, he's a strong Bolshevik, and he um, he sort of looks up to Lenin and, and Stalin and, and all the big Russian names. Um, so, Will, is your link, with that in mind, communism? It is not communism. Okay. Okay, that's a shame. I do like the, I do like the poster of Lenin. Behind you, actually, that's really nice. Oh that's yeah, a lovely, it's... That's a lovely poster. Is that a swastika in the back as well? Top right. It's a very opposing viewpoints there to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try find the link between those. That'd be a fun, a more fun game. What? The, uh, We're trying to find the link between communism and, and Nazism. Yeah. Do we have fun to? Game to play. Well, we're good at finding links. We should be able to find one, but we won't do that now. We'll leave that for a maybe a side activity at some other point. That's a bonus episode. I'm thinking with a Venn diagram, sort of. <laughs> a little bit in the middle. 
Right. Sure. Was I close with communism, Will, or was it a bit way off? Not even. Right. You were quite a ways off. Jay, do you want to give us your film? Me? Oh, right. Uh, yes, my film is 1917. Seth, you look I disappointed. No, sorry. I thought I was just thinking. Oh, we've talked about that, but then I remembered we talked about Dunkirk instead, and I got that. I get them mixed up. I get a lot of stuff mixed up in my head. There's we haven't of... even talked about Dunkirk. We like you mentioned it in passing five minutes ago. That's yeah. the only time we've ever talked about Dunkirk. I think. Yeah. Um, right. I like 1970 actually. I think it's yeah. Right. I think it's really good. So it's uh, it's actually the first film I've ever seen in IMAX. I saw it in the Southampton IMAX. Um, earlier this year um so it's all uh made to look as though it's shot in one take and it depicts these two young soldiers um in world war one who are sent on a mission to navigate i don't i can't remember where exactly they are in in the war in well it's probably set in the western front yeah yeah it involves crossing no man's land, doesn't it? Yeah, they they do cross no man's land, and I. Are they at any I, like particular battle or? I think they probably were, but I genuinely don't remember. I think. Well, no, the might... thing is, the battle that they're going into, they narrowly avoid because that's George McKay's mission is to camp, call off yeah. this battle. Yeah. So they don't so... really have a battle, really. No, but they, <clears throat> but they are on the 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 sort of the front lines, and they're sent yeah. to. Um, call off an attack because uh, they've gained intelligence that they're walking straight into an ambush or uh, what will be a total massacre um, and so George McKay and I've forgotten the other actor's name but I know he's Tommen from Game of Thrones um, are sent to provide a letter, I think they're given a letter to hand over to the captain leading the charge to call it off. And it all appears to be done in one take. And similar to Dunkirk, actually, it it plays really well on that idea of like time and urgency that mm. you get in Dunkirk. It's uh, directed by Sam Mendes. It's really, really good. I really like it. Is it as heavy-handed with the whole time theme as Dunkirk? Because in Dunkirk, like the whole score was based on ticking. It's ticking, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's not particularly heavy-handed, but you definitely get a sense of urgency, sort of constantly. And there are moments of sort of stillness and slowness, but it never really goes away. And also, an interesting thing, or an interesting side note to 1917 was the whole. Um, so, uh, the whole thing that Lawrence Fox got himself into. Do you remember this? Well, I remember. I don't remember it to do with 1917. I remember him saying something on a panel about um, racism. Is that what well, you're talking about? Yeah, he was talking about. I believe he was talking about 1917 and um, the people of color that were in the film. Oh, he well, was. Harlem, what they called the. There was an American unit that was famous for capturing something in the Argonne Forest. And I yeah, it was the... It, fighters, that's one. Yeah, it was the... Were they Indians? No, they were um, um, from Harlem. From where? Harlem. Yeah. yeah, and there were... Um, 
certain uh, act actors in the film who um, were n were not basically white white British or white European, and Lawrence Fox, I believe, thought this was not representative of the truth of the war and every single person shouted at him that he was completely wrong <laughs> that was what, um, why did he feel a need to say anything that is what i'm wondering why does he feel so passionate about about something that that he's actually incorrect about do you know what i mean uh, yeah I, I like you do your research wouldn't you before you go making outlandish statements like that yeah uh, well yeah that's Yes, it was quite quite ridiculous, and um, mm. uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting addition to um, the the film as a whole. Mm. Um, I prefer nineteen seventeen a lot more to Dunkirk. Okay, a lot. I more. don't know. I don't know. Actually, I've only seen them. I've seen them both only once. Actually, but I did see them both in the cinema. I think maybe I prefer nineteen seventeen because it was less obvious a lot of the time yeah, you get a I lot mean, of, yeah. well you like you were saying with the heavy-handed um oh, yeah, okay. in terms of the time stuff 1917 tended to be more low-key in, in that in that sort of way it's nolan style though he just likes to be really overly clever with everything yeah yeah nolan is very <laughs> is is obviously clever whereas mendez is very good at just being clever and yeah. and, and allowing the audience to notice the cleverness of it for themselves. Yeah. Because <laughs> you get well, that. celebrity. Sorry, you go. Yeah. Cause, well, I was just going to say with Mendes, you also get like the stuff of Skyfall and American Beauty and and what he did um, sort of on the on the West End and that sort of area. He um did some very good stuff apparently much more low-key in his cleverness yeah I think. what were you gonna say good. i was gonna talk about all the celebrity cameos that come in under 17 like you're just sort of mm. every couple minutes you've, you've got like colin firth or andrew score or benedict cumberbatch or random celebrities just coming in for like one line which is quite fun I like that yeah yeah that was that was actually quite nice weirdly yeah. So yeah, hmm. that's pretty much all I have to say about 1917. I think. Oh, I I did mention as that the I think the IMAX that I saw it in probably helped a, my experience of it as well. Yeah, was I it was absolutely good. terrifyingly loud as Dunkirk was. <laughs> uh, Dunkirk hurt my ears for a long time afterwards. <laughs> I think I still heard the ticking on my way out the cinema. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had to get help. Hmm. Yeah, 1917 is definitely like the is would the IMAX definitely enhanced it and made it you know sort of louder and in that and more and enhanced it in that way, but it's definitely not as loud and as most obnoxious as Dunkirk. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Will, any guesses? I'm stumped. I can't off that guess anything really. No, I've got nothing. Seth, it's actually quite tricky. I don't know why 90, why it's tricky to think about. I think it's in nineteen seventeen. Maybe, maybe it's um. Oh, is it? Is it just like stuff that sparked racial controversy? Uh, no, that is not it. 
and you okay. are not close either. All right. Right. Mm. So, Seth, your film, please. Yeah, I'm really happy with my film that I get to talk about it finally. Um, it is the best Harry Potter film, Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, you're right with the best there. That's okay. Good. Because mm-hmm. you said like is... Goblet of Fire, I might have had to stab you in real life. As <laughs> <laughs> opposed to internet stabbing. Harry Potter for me. Pardon? Things get heated when it comes to Harry Potter for me. So what? What? Why? What, what's What's going on, Will? Because if you if you say that Azkaban isn't the best film, then we've got problems. Yeah, you are just wrong. Azkaban is a, such a good. It's the one Harry Potter film that I would actually say that is actually like a good, a really good film. I mean, like the others are like fine and like fun and whatever, but that is genuinely very, very good. All right, I like the time travel stuff at the end. That's always fun with the whatever you fucking call it. Time Turner. Um, it's just really, really good. It's directed by Alfonso um, Curion, who obviously went on to direct Gravity a bit later. Um, Roma. And Roma, yeah. Roma's great. Very good director. Um, yeah. I don't know. Jay, how do you feel about the Harry Potter films? Do you, uh, I've never heard you talk well, about, about the Harry movies. Potter films or just yeah. the Ask- Azkaban? Well, well both. Um, I like the se- I, I don't mind the series particularly. Uh, I remember seeing Deathly Allies Part 2 in the cinema when it came out. That was interest. That was kind of fun and interesting. Yeah. I don't f- have much of a feeling about Harry Potter in general. Okay. Um, like, it's <laughs> it's not massively something that interests me. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, too. I okay, that so um, give us some spiel about Azkaban, then. All right. Well, um, the plot is basically Harry finds his uncle, who's a dog, and the dog fights a werewolf at the end, and they go back in time and save a, a uh, buckbeak, who is a hippogriff. And that's basically the plot. So there you go. It's also got some Dementors flying around. It was the first Harry Potter film where I felt genuinely scared at one point with the Dementors. It was quite scary when it came out, because we were fairly young back then, weren't we? Yeah, it came out something like, well, we probably watched it a few years after it came out. I think it came out in like 2004 or something. I don't know. But yeah, it was scary stuff. And obviously it's it's the first film with Michael Gambon as Dumbledore. I don't know if we have a preference between him and um, Ted Harris, was it? The uh, original Dumbledore in the first two films. Richard Harris. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Michael Gambon was pretty good. Yeah. I I like Michael Gambon. But obviously, the, the best thing about the Harry Potter books recently is that they don't have an author, apparently, from what I've been reading. Sorry, what? What? The Harry Potter books, they don't have an author. Oh, yeah, they never had an author. They were just no, they've writers. never had an author. Yeah, they came yeah. out of nowhere, which I think is just so magical and brilliant. Yeah, it's magic, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like something out of the book. Jay's so. very confused by this. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, uh, <laughs> Basically, J.K. Rowling said some... I mean, annoying stuff on Twitter. I mean, yeah, very she's been very openly. So we've just decided to disown her from the community as a whole. Okay, yeah. right, yeah. I, so, yeah, I knew I knew that J.K. Rowling's been uh, very transphobic as of late. Um, <laughs> so, okay. I didn't realise that that just meant that she didn't exist anymore. Cool, I'm up to date. All right, good. So when we talk about Harry Potter, we don't... Well, you know, they just came from nowhere. 
They grow out of the ground. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But I mean, that's all I've got to say about it. Really, it's just really, really brilliant. If If I were to ask you why specifically the third book, without giving away too much about your theme, um, or the third film, I should say. Well, A, it is the best out of the saga, and B, um, it's so it's the best out of the saga. You said that twice now. Yeah, so it's just really, really good. I feel and like then, that's what it is. I feel like it's, it's actually got nothing to do with the film at all. Well, no, it has. It's it's. Um, I feel like it's just the one that you wanted to talk about the most, regardless right, of you, how much you actually want to talk about it. I'll give you a hint here. I could have talked about Chamber of Secrets or Prisoner of Azkaban, but I chose Prisoner of Azkaban. Chamber of Secrets is actually probably my least favourite. I don't know why. Is that the one with the big, big ass spider? Yes. Yeah. Didn't like that Long one. Thing. No, I, it's not my. Yeah, it's probably my least favourite. But, but yeah, so I could have chosen either of those, but I want to talk about Prisoner of Azkaban because it is just so damn good. Okay. I like David Thewlis a lot as uh, Lupin. I think he does a great job. I really like him. Lupin was one of my favourite characters. He's pretty wicked. Yeah, Lupin's pretty good. I can't cool, imagine actually. him as anything other than Ares in Wonder Woman now. After that. <laughs> 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 that was absolutely... I think perhaps yeah. literally any other actor would have been better for that role. Yeah, very possible. But that's why that he was perfectly cast. <laughs> well, they just didn't need... They didn't need that... that role really I don't think in that film because there's one point where Gal Gadot was there like oh who do I fight because oh, there's no bad guy here and that was quite cool because she was just like you know oh it's just war war's bad that was this message yeah, and then you, you get fucking uh, CGI um, like massively muscled up Lupin your film's gone wrong mate yeah I'm pretty sure the whole the last half an hour was just CG fight scene which wasn't yeah, but that's every superhero film. Yeah, I was just thinking that as I said that. I was thinking, yeah, no, that is actually most films. Superhero films. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Bring out your guesses. Let's... Yeah, you go first. Really? Okay. Um, I'm guessing that this is... That your link is going to be things where the creator has gone on to be disowned by all right-minded people. No, incorrect. No. Is it the best or worst of a uh, series? Um, no, it's not, unfortunately. No, good guess. Good guess. Well, Neither of them are that close. Right. Will. What's up next again? I forget. Um, Will, your music, please. Music. Yes. Music. Jay, you know exactly what this is. It's going to be hosier. Or George right, Ezra. Indeed it is. <laughs> well done, you've guessed the album that I talk the most about. So yeah, my my music is the album Hosier by Hosier. This is the first one. You know anything about Hosier? It's it's a sort of bit of Irish folk mixed with not quite pop really, not quite rock either. It's quite soulful, isn't it? Yeah, but I wouldn't call it soul music. So, so it's a weird in-between bit. Yeah. It's not really comparable to much other many other artists, but I'm sure everyone's familiar with like their headlining song of Tainted Church. Yeah, that's that's yeah. very similar to that kind of style. Yeah. Yeah, he's um got he's got a very beautiful singing voice and he's very good at 
guitar. So it's good. It also features probably one of the only uh, popular songs I know with a 5-4 time signature, which is from Ooh. Eden. Oh, what song's that? From Eden. It's Ooh, that, listen. a lovely sounding thing, um, but it it has a couple of uh, strange lines in it. This is a thing you'll see with all the stuff. It's got very beautiful sounding melodies, but some really, really dark lyrics. So like in the example I just told you from Eden, he's got um, innocence died screaming, honey asked me I should know. That's one oh, of his lovely lines in there. Like um, a Johnny Cash line, that. Oh, innocence. No, it was um, idealism sits in prison as well. That's one of them. Oh, that's good. About that one. Yeah, uh, his song Cherry Wine is all about domestic abuse. I've that's heard good. Cherry Wine. That's a good song. It's a lovely sounding song, but it is horrific when you. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean good song. It's a good, good song. I mean, it's a, it, it's a nice sounding. Song. Seth, stop talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, even like the main song, the Tinker Church. That's about um how homosexuality is banned in the church. Uh, so, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I feel like I should have known that. It's quite well known. <laughs> Whoops. That's alright. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah. it looks like that's quite a long good, yeah. album. It's not a very long album. It's got... A, there's a couple of songs you can just kind of skip, if I'm being honest. Uh, oh. they but... Like, as a general thing, it's quite good. And it's not the longest album you could listen to. I'm not quite sure how long it is exactly. No, I was looking at the... Sorry, I was looking at the um, the special edition, which obviously is about... Oh, yeah, that's got loads of extra stuff in it, though, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, in that, yeah. in that edition of the album, he's got a, a song called Arsonist Lullaby, which is exactly what it sounds like. Ooh. Mm. Do you know what? I've always meant to give... How do you say his name, actually? Oh, yeah. I always meant to give him a bit more of a listen because I do really like his voice. So I might, I might take this opportunity to do that. I mean, I've yeah, no idea what your link is. Yeah. Uh, as much as I can about this thing. Hosea and then Bridge of Spies. Yeah, it, these these things are not like immediately linked together. Oh, God. <laughs> How have you done this, Will? You'll be even more confused with my last choice. Oh, oh. Hosea oh. <laughs> and Bridge of Spies. Um, what um, nationality is Hosea? He's Irish. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's not help. Right. Hang on, lads. <laughs> so, just for uh, the purpose of the podcast, Jay is sucking a big cock at the moment and can't. It's huge, really. That is massive. Look at that. How's he getting that all in his mouth? <laughs> you right, Jay? You absolute. Horror of a person. <laughs> I, I, all I heard was, "How's he getting all that in his mouth?" <laughs> I can't wait to listen back to the edit and hear you going on about whatever horrible thing that that was. But Jay, if you need time to do that, that's fine. But don't take up our precious podcast time, please. Okay. I... Right, boys, what's the link? <laughs> oh God. What Seth... between hose? Hosier and between Hosier and Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. Um, I've actually no clue right now. Uh, what year was Hosier released? Oh, 14? 14, yeah. Bridge of Spies came out 2016. Sounds about right. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, it came out. all right. Well, it's probably not to do with the dates then. Okay. 
Uh... Oh, all right. This is just a guess. Are they? Is all of your? I, I. Wait. What year did British Spice come out? What? What year did British Spice come out? Twenty fifteen. Twenty sixteen. Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. All right. Does British Spice include a song from Hosier? That is the only thing I no. think. No. All right. I've no idea. Do they all contain things in that are? Forbidden or not allowed? That's a really good guess. It's not close, but that is quite a good guess from what I've said. Good guess. Oh, right. So I was completely wrong, wasn't I? No, but that was. I, that's better than I think, as is, to be honest. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, so it's a worse link than that. <laughs> but it's better than they're all in the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I don't see how a you think of being a book. Yeah. I forgot it was the book. Well done, ah. Seth. Yes. Well done. The panels, it was you next, I believe. My music watch, choice. Watch your mouth. Yeah. My music choice is Dice Out of the Moon, Pink Floyd. Ah, there it is. Yeah. You, have you both heard this album? I know, Seth, you have, but well, I've heard a couple of songs from it, but I don't listen to it much at all. Okay. Or Pink Floyd, really, so... Enlighten yeah. me. Hmm? Okay, right, yes. Um, so, Dark Side of the Moon, one of probably Pink Floyd's most famous album, other than maybe The Wall or um, Sign On You. No, what was it? Uh, Wish You Were Here is the other one. Um, so, it's uh, one of the very first examples of a concept album, I think it would be fair to say. Hmm. And um, deals very much in the realm of mental health, and it flow. It, it has a lovely flow to it, so that one track will very often uh, move um, to the next track seamlessly. And when I was listening to it a long time ago, before I had spot, it's the thing that made me get Spotify Premium because I, there was a bridge between two of the songs that go perfectly together and then an ad came between them and I was so angry that I got Spotify Premium on the spot. It made, it made, That's how they get you, Jay. It made me furious. Yeah. Um, and it it's the a, first album you listened to on Premium then? Uh, yeah, probably would have been. Uh, mm. it was also the, it's also the first album that I bought on vinyl. Oh, it's a good one to buy. Yeah. It was great pressing that. Yeah, and the second one was Genesis by no Exodus, sorry. By um Bob Marley. I was gonna say it, Genesis as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not by Genesis on Genesis. I like Genesis actually. Shouldn't say that's that. That's Phil Connon, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, it's actually pretty good some of it. Um anyway, what was I talking about? Um so yeah, it has a lovely flow between some of the songs. Um and you get um i was listening to it last night and i got the sense from like on the run as well and time you get that lovely um thing of time that you get with 1917 as well like on the run like uh it's almost like a rush to work because mm. you hear like these announcements almost like it's a, a train platform or mm. some sort of or maybe an airport of um things going off in footsteps and this just sort of uh, 
uh, rush and the high and the constant hi hat mm. um, is very rushed, and then it goes into time, and then there's a, there's a great line in time. Um, no one told me when to run. I missed the starting gun. <laughs> I was like, wait, hang on. Everybody else has been running. I wasn't aware that it was a race. Mm. And um, and that that is really lovely. And the, the and the fact that the that the follow up to that is the great gig in the sky, mm. which is all about uh, dying as well. Yeah, like it's it's like a rush towards that point, which which I really like. It's just mm. it's a really good album, and the and the flow to it and the and each individual song has got a lot of merit to it as well the album also plays with time a bit as well like in the same way that Jose has a song in like five four i believe money is in seven eight and it doesn't sound yeah. like it's in seven eight and they pull it off really well and you don't even question it yeah so that's always fun and and the way that and, and a lot of the song in like in time and on the run and in money and in a few of the others i think they use quite diegetic sound like in money, you start with the, the cash register opening, register, yeah. and time opens up with the with the alarm clocks going off and the the uh, the <clears throat> donging of clocks. Hmm. <clears throat> it's re- it, uh, it's really good. It's just, it's really good. It's a good album. I think I know your theme. Yeah, I think I know your theme as well. Do you? Is it? Oh, you, you guess everything first. is. Uh, continuous if that makes sense because you're talking about how everything in 1917 is one shot or meant to be like one shot and everything in pink floyd flows together and connects i will say yeah that's that's close enough yeah, to yeah. it that probably I put it better than that but yeah yeah what uh, was it exactly oh it's sort of um almost like it's a, a yeah it's a flow it's a constant stream a, like stream of consciousness almost sometimes that sort of thing very nice Damn it! I thought I, I was could... also going to say that as well. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I we thought I might be. Able, I thought I might be able to distract you by talking about time a lot. Yeah. No. We. I. I, I was saw the bait. Time actually there for a second as well. I was talking between those two. The thing is with time, you said like 1917. I feel like if that was your link, you wouldn't have said that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. But if that was wrong, that would have been my guess as well. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, there you go. Well done, lads. We quite like continuous things. Like They're that. fun, but it means that you have to put a lot of time aside and sort of Focus. do it all in one take. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And consume it all in one sitting. Yeah, I think it, I think that that it, it depends on what sort of mood you're in, doesn't it? Mm. Doing that, doing that stuff. Yeah. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes I'm absolutely in the mood for that. Mm. It's like watching 1917. When I went into the cinema, I didn't know it'll be one shot. And then for the first like 20 minutes, it's literally just George McKay and the other character walking through the trenches for yeah. about 20 minutes. And I was just thinking, this is like such a slog. But then I was like, that's probably the point. A bit. Yeah. I I didn't know it was all one take, uh, all all supposed to be one shot when I went into it either. I don't think. Hmm. Oh, what we didn't mention about 1917 is that it was filmed up on Salisbury Plain, wasn't it? And look, was some it, people we know were extras in it. Yeah. Uh, Actually, yeah, cool. one of my friends was an extra in it. I yeah. About 
there were big roll calls for it around um, our area, ah. which was fun. Didn't actually know. It wasn't actually he helped with rigging explosives, which was quite fun. It was what? He helped with the explosives. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> funny if you got it wrong. I, it wouldn't be funny. Oh, well, no, no, it wouldn't be. <laughs> no. But say he, he exploded it when the camera wasn't rolling, and they thought, oh, okay. Whoops. There's however much yeah, money down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Seth, your music choice. My music choice. And I'm so glad I finally get to talk about this, actually. Uh, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We haven't talked about it before. Uh, it's their most, probably the most iconic album and considered their best album, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Will? I have not ever listened to that, I don't think. No, do, do you know some Red Hot Chili Peppers? You probably know some I probably would know like... a couple songs from them, but I couldn't tell you them by name or like... Yeah, this one has un- Under the Bridge on it, which is sort of their, one of their most um, famous songs, and that's on the album. Mm. But uh, yeah. Jay, do you know much Red Hot Chili Peppers? No. Yeah, but um, this album's a great album. It's um, I think they'd like to call it funk. It's a funk album. I don't know if you, so sort of you've got like a sort of, it's all to do with the bassline, and obviously they've got Flea, who's a brilliant guitarist. She's also been in a couple of films. Flea's been in Back to the Future and um, Baby Driver and stuff like that. But so he's got this like really funky slap bassline, and then you've got. My favourite guitarist, John Frisky, on tape playing over the top of it. It's a, it's a really good album. It's not my favourite Red Hot album, but it's um, it's a good one. And I'm saying uh, th- the reason I chose this album is because John Frusciante, who was is one of my favourite guitarists, and he was in Red Hot Peppers at this point, but he left during the um, touring of the album. He's now come back to Red Hot Peppers, so it's all very exciting. So they're going to drop an album soon, which will hopefully be really, really good. But yeah, if you haven't listened to this album, Definitely give it a listen. It's a really, really strong album. Classic album. Okay. What was it called again? Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Blood Sugar Sex Magic, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you sort of want to talk about in terms of this album? No, I mean, ugh, what have I said? So, obviously, yeah, John Fuscianto left it, left the tour unfinished, and he's now coming back and dropping out and then coming back again. Um, it's not my favourite album, but it's the uh, most famous and beloved album out of all of their studio albums. That's about I said everything I need to say, I think. Is your theme magic? That's a good guess. Just I'm just thinking if it works. Unfortunately, no, it's not my theme. That's a good one. I'm going to give you half a point for that, Will, because that's a good link. Wow, thank you. That's alright, you're welcome. Jay. Wait, just give give Will half a point for for making a link that they don't have like... for, for a bloody good guess is what I gave oh, Will half a point a for bloody good right okay yeah. very kind Jay, didn't Jay, know that that a... was a thing that we're doing from now on cool um right I just like that guess a lot I think it's um <laughs> yeah probably not quite as good as my link thankfully. But my link is pretty difficult, okay? You need to properly think about everything I've said about Prisoner of Azkaban because I really glossed over it then. Mr. Panels. All you really said about the Prisoner of Azkaban is that it's the best... You also said that you could have picked the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, I could have done, yeah. Yippity up. That's probably the biggest hint. But I don't, I don't really understand how. 
really, I really, no, I have no idea. No idea. Was it left and people leaving and coming back to finish stuff or do more stuff? You're close. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm not giving it, but you're pretty close. Mm. Moving swiftly on. Yeah. Will, your book, please. You're, you, I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's Thud by Terry Pratchett. That is a brilliant book. I love that one. And then you see that my things have, at face value, nothing to do with each other. Literally, no, nothing at all. Jay, do you know what? It, uh, have you read any Terry Pratchett? I haven't. I've got um, the colour of magic for on an audiobook that I need to listen to at some point. Um, third, is that one of the Discworld? Take yeah, it. Well, I'm not sure which Discworld it is. It's fairly late in the series. I'm not quite sure. There's many hope... of them, and I haven't read all of them, so I'm not. But... I hope I'm thinking of the right one. But is third the one where where the, it's a game, isn't it? Third, it's like a board game that they play. Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got like the Night Watch team, and they uncover some sort of war between the trolls and the that's the one so I can't third is based on the main character Sam Vimes who is the leader of the Night Watch in Ankh-Morpork which is the main city in Discworld and you follow him on an adventure in a very ancient like he's there has been some unrest in the city and he's going to figure out why he's on a bigger rabbit chase to find a like ancient battle between like two tribes or orcs or something and he then there's a whole bunch of magic involved, and yeah, it's a in in usual Discworld style. It's all over the place. <laughs> it's very yeah. dry humor everywhere, and a lot of it is derived from fairly wacky sort of creature and character design. Like for example, there's a piece of luggage which walks around and is sentient. Yeah, it's, yeah. You've also got but there's a very nice moment in it where. Um, and like this, there's a couple of instances of this, but this where like, there's a moment where he's the main character lost in a cave somewhere, and every night he reads a lullaby to his son, hmm. and he he's lost in a cave, like he's about to die from a monster chasing him. But because he like starts shouting out the lullaby, he's saved and brought back to his family, which is quite a nice moment. And there's also a couple of instances where like people, um, like they're not lost, but like they're in trouble but someone from their family is a help and saves them in that kind of sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I remember the lullaby, the, the, the storybook goes something like, the cow goes moo. Yeah, it's like the, the, you know, the, the spinny wheel there. The cow goes moo. That yeah, kind of that's it. That kind of story. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's quite funny. I that's about all I can say, really, without like overtly saying my point. It's awful. <laughs> I've actually got no idea. <laughs> oh, God! Right. right, so I'm assuming you've read Discworld, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you know how it's like everything's a, a, a wacky adventure. Everything is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's all sort of absurdist, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's sort of that definitely is the same as that one. It's just that it's in places less absurdist than the other books. Like yeah. with the and stuff. Yeah, it's slightly more grounded than than the other. Yeah, that is what I'm saying that. Because that is 
I feel like he's implying it there, but I can't. So I thought when you talked about family, I thought there was something down those lines, but I'm not. That wouldn't really fit your other links. I was just I had an idea. Bridge of Spies generally, although it doesn't tackle the the problems with sort of the splitting of Germany and communism and that that all that sort of thing, it tends to be more upbeat, but it has those darker undertones that are definitely clear. That sounds like, although it's set in the disc world, it definitely has the dark undertones and Hosier as well. You get these songs where when you actually listen to them, they're all quite dark and and quite nasty. Is it is it that? Is it what? Say it. That <laughs> on the surface they're not necessarily as dark as they are underneath. I've got an. I can I try. Can I refine Jay's point? On, get, get Seth. Get, if you get it correct, I won't. I'll give you a half a point. But if you it doesn't, I'll give you a point because you're like. All right, that's fair. Is it stuff um, that has an underlying conflict? Um, so, Jay, you were astonishingly close, but you actually went a bit further than I did. I just it was more just things that are very different to what they appear on the surface. Okay. So, British spies. Um, you, it's sort of more. It's more a tackle of versus what is actually good and bad. Yeah, because it it doesn't show. Well, it shows obviously because it's an American film. It shows the communist um, German, U, uh, the USSR as a bad place, but it's the the spy himself isn't a bad person. Mm. Uh, whereas the Americans also have been shown in a bad light, that kind of thing. So, and then how is it? Obviously, you know, sounds beautiful is not underneath. Yeah. And then third, yeah, it's on the surface a whimsical fairy tale, but deep down, it's about how family matters. So it's, things are not always how they seem on the surface. Good link. But you were very close hey. with the dark thing. You just went a bit further than I did. Hey, sorry, get a point there. Yeah. Didn't get yeah. That's a very good link. I like that. Yeah, that was good. And that two, three completely random things that have no connection to each other other than that. I know. Ass, yeah. That, that was tricky. That was bloody... I thought I was losing my mind. It's even worse when you know the the stuff that you're talking about because I knew each of your choices apart from maybe Hosier, and I still had no idea whatsoever. Yeah. And it just really. Yeah. Well, good link. I like that. Yeah, Thank very you. good. I, f- I find that I think I think we've definitely found that people who are guests on generally make better links. Well, you've done what thirteen weeks now, so you've got <laughs> yeah. like, scraping the barrel with your links. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I'd, scraping the barrel is probably exactly what we're doing at the point. Your Peter Philly link of your time. Yeah, yeah, the Peter link wasn't a high point. Yeah. Okay. Who's who's next? Okay, with your is continuity it... thing. Yeah, you're next, Jim Penels. Is it okay? Right. Oh, we do you want to try, guess a, your you try and guess? It's a book with flow. Very. Is it a play, by the way? No. Right. I have no. I don't like. I have no idea. But with flow, what? So what? No chapters or? It has chapters, but if you were, I was listening to it on an audiobook, and it doesn't seem to have joins. I don't know. You'll have to tell us. Okay. So we're going back about a hundred years. 
to uh, the mid-1920s and Virginia Woolf and Mrs. Dalloway. Mrs. Dalloway? Which, um, Virginia Woolf, I've not heard of Dalloway. Mm. So, Mrs. Dalloway is one of Virginia Woolf's um, poss- possibly most famous book. Uh, also, mm. A Room of One's Own is quite famous, and Orlando, which I think was adapted into a film with... Uh, Orlando Bloom. No. Kate Blanchett? No. Tilda Swinton? No. Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, um, Mrs. Dalloway is a stream of consciousness novel, which is where the flow comes in. It's very much interior, internal monologues that spat, that goes in and out of conversation and very it's very tangential and you could and you drift not only through a narrative that doesn't move in any particular way but also moves from person to person almost seamlessly like so you're moving from perspective mm. very easily so it's all done in third person narrative which allows Virginia Woolf to move from the point of Clarissa Darrell Clarissa Dalloway, who is this um, sort of high-class woman in her early 50s um, who's hosting this party and is un- unexpectedly visited by a, by a former flame. Uh, and it moves from her quite seamlessly into him and how he thinks about his relationship with her and his sort of just strolling around London and Regent's Park and he passes a couple in Regent's Park who is seeming to have some squabble and so we move to them and we see inside of their lives mm. and um, what is going on inside both of their heads mm. you have um, Septimus who is this um, war veteran from the First World War um, who is like a very very clear example of what PS- PTSD would look like and also how it was treated by the medical by medical professionals at the time and then it moves to his wife and how, how she sees him and how she worries about him and then it goes back to um, the other characters that they pass mm. and it moves very it moves all pretty much seamlessly from perspective to perspective across the course of literally 20 a 24 hour day it's just a that de- must, be her, must be her signature style then moving from because i read a, a short story by her called q gardens and it's all about all the people walking around q gardens and it just like homes in yeah, and all the different yeah. fragments of conversation so she must that must sort of be she was uh, she's hailed as one of the pioneers of the streamers stream of consciousness form of writing where you can just like move vaguely aimlessly through not even a narrative but just like a a mindset Mm. and then that that is the narrative and that pushes everything forwards it's it's really good it's very interesting yeah is it a good book it's a really good book yeah there's not there's not actually a whole lot that happens in it, but there's a lot that 
but that doesn't mean it doesn't have a lot of heft and a lot of substance. And again, actually, although the link that I was going for wasn't time, there's a lot of stuff about time and aging and um, sort of almost uh, an emotion as a general thing when you're younger and when you're older and that that sort of difference there's a lot of that in there as well it's really it's really good i recommend it nice well sounds good yes. we... uh seth your book then um right yeah do you want to try and guess it with what you know about my link or shall i just tell you i mean it's a play so you've got more time to guess it's a it. play right what did yeah. we what did we say before what i i was close with something or one of us was close with something weren't we you said about someone who leaves and comes back during. Okay. And if it's a play in spectacles? Uh, no, it's Wojciech by our good friend George Buchner, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, have you, we had to read Wojciech as our A-level. Well, it's about a, um, it's about a man who's possibly got some sort of mental illness and he, um, he kills his wife essentially, and it documents like the first case of um, the insanity plea, is what what it's based on, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Memory, but yeah, that's essentially it. But this it, it's um, very fragmented because um, the author, that the playwright, died before he finished it, so other people had to put it together in an order that they thought was um, was appropriate. So it's all a bit choppy. Unlike Virginia Woolf, it's a bit. It feels quite jump jumping around quite a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you you can definitely organise it in ways so that it flows better, but yeah, it def it will always feel like something's off. Maybe that's the point, though. I don't know. Maybe even it's in its prime order, it still feels a bit so like the fact that it's jumpy is more of an artistic choice than it is just bad playwriting. Yeah, I think it probably is an artistic choice because he's it's quite expressionistic, isn't it? And it's sort of it's it, it was it's been hailed as an early form of expressionism, but you can't really I I don't really back that up because it's not finished, and he didn't finish it as a form of expressionism. It's just the way that people have then taken it and used it uh, well, yeah, has uh... has very commonly been in in an expressionistic way. Yeah, I suppose the tricky thing was that he wrote it before Expressionism, and then by the time that someone had picked it all up and published it... Expressionism, expressionism. was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that made it quite tricky. But yeah, it, I actually quite liked, quite like it, I think, as a play. I think it's good. But oh yeah, it's got this whole thing in where, obviously, the characters, similar to Expressionism, the characters don't represent characters, they represent sort of themes and ideas and statuses in society a lot like george orwell does in his writing where the characters are just like archetypes of yeah what have you which is which i quite like as an idea most of the time that works quite well mm. yeah yeah i just i'm sort of trying to remember did everyone in drama get fed up of it or did we all or did most of us sort of were, were most of us sort of okay with it come the end i think most of us were all right with it it was machinelle they all got fed up with but I think, yeah well it's it, probably to do with the teachers i think we all liked miss paper so we didn't mind boy check whereas towards the end everyone turned on mr partington and we had like a revolution and then 
Well, I, I, I had never had any problem with him. I no, I, I always well, he always liked me. I always liked him. That was, that was pretty much. I, I always, my opinion was always he's do, he was doing his best, but everyone was, <laughs> um, was expecting his best to be a lot better than it was. Yeah, I think I think that's about it. Maybe it should have been, but in, in, or or, end of the or day, maybe or maybe not not that, but uh, his style didn't quite gel with people yeah. but that's that's okay I when I was there. he was a good he was a good dude yeah he was a good, he's all right. he was a cool dude yeah he's a nice i mean we bloke. all did all right in the end didn't we i think i think most of us did i don't know I, don't, I can't remember what other people got pretty sure most of us did okay anyway anyway um yeah so any in guesses ter- in terms of your links you've got so what was hang on so I, I'm going to have a guess. Is it that the the creator like left at some point? Yeah, I'll give that. You have a point for that. Jay, were you going to go down similar lines? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you did sort of. All right, you can both have a point. But the the, the key phrase was I kept dropping it in like unfinished. So they had the unfinished business. So you had like uh, the Dumbledore. Ask about unfinished. Uh, the uh, actor who was uh, Dumbledore. I forget his name. Richard Harris. Um, Oh right! Oh, I see. Right, that makes sense. And then died shortly after. Was replaced by Michael Gambon as Dumbledore. Yeah, I thought the Dumbledore thing was a. Was a but I didn't. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense now. Why, why you could have, have chosen, chosen Chamber of Secrets? We died between the filming or yeah. Of it, so we just finished that, but at the same time. That's quite good. Got okay. that. Yeah. There we go. That's Very my well. link. Well, we yeah. all get each other's links in the end. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think that went well. I think that was pretty good. Yeah, good job good from all of us, which is nice. Yeah. So, um, Seth, you got two for my link and one for. I didn't get those. Yeah, but oh, you revisited. Auntie yeah, Auntie Donna. So you're on right. three. Yeah. Will, you get two for mine, one for Seth's. Yep. And half, I gave him half for a bloody good guess. <laughs> point. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got a half for a bloody good guess. So Will's on <laughs> three and a half, and I got Will's on one, yeah. and then Seth's on one, and then I also revisited Nowhere, so I'm on three. Blimey, look at that! Half Will a has one. <laughs> good job, Will. Because I got. That half a point from Seth. Yeah, that really... I didn't expect yeah. that to have as much <laughs> impact as it did. Yep, I gave it away guessing. flippantly. Oh, gosh. Well, there we go. All right. Success all round, I would say. Well, thank you very much, Will, for coming on. And oh, Thank you for having me. No, thank you. Jay, would you like to sign us off? Shall we sign off, then? Okay, yeah. let's do that. Thank you for listening to the end. Well done. I'm proud of you for doing that. Um, <laughs> please tune in again if we do more, which we probably will, knowing yeah, us. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, and goodbye. Thanks, guys. Goodbye.